Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Not about a person. Amen. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Well, if you have a neighbor that is not smiling, Ask him, what's the cause of your problem? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright, sit. You are at the right place. Uh, yeah, amen. Glory to God. Well, our friends are in church today. Amen. I can spot my own friend. I don't know about your own friend. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. And um, it's always a joy to see our wonderful friends. Um, we're going to take time to celebrate them. Amen. So, let's say welcome to the friends. Amen. Say welcome. Amen. Praise the Lord. We give God praise. And um, before I get into the message this morning, I want you to know that you are the right place at the right time. There's no better place to be than where you are right now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And God ordered your steps here for a specific purpose. Glory to God. Um, I'll be speaking briefly this morning. And um, I'll be speaking to you. So help me tell someone. Pastor will be talking to you. Amen. In actual fact, the Spirit of God will be speaking to you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Just bow your head for a moment. I want you to have an expectation this morning as God's word comes and ask that the Spirit of God, He knows your deep needs. He knows about you what no one knows. He understands things about you that no one else understands. He sees what no one sees. Talk to Him. Give Him praise for being in this service and ask that specifically he will speak to you. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for today. We bless you for your kindness and mercy. Let every heart be receptive. I thank you for all that have come here. Employers, employees, fathers, mothers, children, neighbors, let everyone live with a word from heaven. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Alright, um, I'll continue um, from some things we've said. Today I want to be sharing, we've been talking about making 2018 different. Hallelujah. 
Alright? Making 2018 different from every other year. Making it different from every other year. Now listen to me. Years will come and go except for what we make of it. Hallelujah. And in the course of our discussions we had last Sunday, I was talking to you about certain things that will make 2018 different for you. We mentioned the fact that everyone should engage the covenant. Hallelujah. That there's a covenant we have that's been made available to us. And God had opened the door for all of mankind to be part of that covenant. We also talked about setting goals. Then we talked about developing habits. Today I want to just take the fourth one about how to make 2018 different from every other year. Alright? Alright? Are you ready? So today I'll be talking about the gift of friendship. Amen. Are we together? The gift of friendship. And I believe strongly that as we talk today, you will learn something in the name of Jesus Christ. In the book of Proverbs 13 verse 20, I'll start from there. In Proverbs the 13 chapter verse 20, it says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. It means that the man's companionship is going to determine his experience. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes I hear people say like, you know, they're just my friends. There's nothing like just my friends. Anyone that is your friend, you have license to influence you. Anyone you make a friend, you have licensed the person to influence you. Are we together? So the Bible clearly talks about friendship. It says, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise. But a companion, a friend of fools shall be destroyed. I want to believe that this year we will enjoy the gift of friendship. Amen. And that we will not allow ourselves to be in companionship of what the Bible refers to as fools. And I would like to just say this to you. You know, when the scripture talks about a fool, it speaks more about a man that has no regard for God or for the things of God. Hallelujah. It's not just talking about a fool as someone that maybe um, is not smart. When the scripture talks about a fool, it's not talking about someone that is not smart. It's talking about, the Bible says, the fool had said in his heart that there is no God. So when the Bible says a companion of fools shall be destroyed, a man that hangs around with people that have no regard for God. Hallelujah. It means that they will influence him and things will not go well. This is not God's plan for you this year. This year will be different for you from every other year you've ever been in. If you believe it, say amen. And now listen to me. What will make it different? I, I shared a few things. I just bring your mind back to it. And for some of you that are hearing the message for the first time, it's going to help you. Is the fact that I, I mentioned two things. I talked about God's sovereignty. And I talked about human responsibility. What it means, what we mean by God's sovereignty is the idea or the thoughts, which is true, that God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. And then, but some of us misinterpret it. We say, yes, God can do anything he wants to do, anyhow he wants to do it. It's not so totally true. Why? 
Because God cannot force you to be saved. Amen. When God created man, he gave him the gift of choice. Amen. Ever say the gift of choice. Another word for it is willpower. Alright? He gave man willpower. The gift of choice. So a man can choose. And that's why the scripture said in Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, God was speaking to them through Moses. He said, I call heaven and earth to bear witness this day. He said, I place before you blessing and cursing. Life and death. Then he said, choose life. Amen. Meaning he's saying that, hey, 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 the options are there. But he will guide you on what to choose. Glory to God. He will lead you on the right thing to choose. So man has the gift of choice. He has the willpower. When God puts the tree in the garden, there were several trees. At least there were three kinds of trees. Amen. There was the tree of life. Hallelujah. I wonder why he didn't eat that one. Glory to God. Then there was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not an evil tree. No, no. It's a tree that will give you knowledge of good and evil. Then the third category were all the other kind of trees. And God said, of all the trees you may eat, but of this one in the midst of the garden, thou shall not eat. At that point, he was giving the man, man, the, the, the right to exercise willpower. Hallelujah. All right. To exercise willpower. Of course, you know what happened. And today, this year 2018, you have that same right, amen, to exercise your willpower. But listen to me. That's why the Bible talks about God's will and our will. Are we together? Because they are not the same. But when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we start learning to align our will to God's will. Amen. If you remember one of the prayers Jesus prayed, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Meaning that he had a will that could be different from the will of the Father. But he aligned his will to the will of the Father. Amen. So what I'm saying to you today is that you will exercise that gift of choice. Willpower. And it will make a difference for you in 2018. Now you cannot repeat exactly what you were doing in 2014, in 2015, 2016. And expect something different in 2018. Glory to God. Am I communicating? So... God's sovereignty does not mean that if God wants 2018 to be great, then it will be great for you. No, God wants it to be great. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Get that clear. God wants your 2018 to be the greatest year of your life. But you know what? The Bible says, can two work together except they agree. Say, I agree with God this year. So you will agree with him. When you agree with him, it means that you will line up with him. And then what God intends for you will come to pass. Now let me explain something about the nature of God for you to understand this. God, it is not God's will for anyone, anyone to perish. Hell is a place of punishment and judgment. It was not made for man. It was made for the devil and his angels. Let me use that word. And the demons. It was not made for man. Are you listening to me? Originally it was not made for man. So, it is not God's will for any to perish. But when Jesus came and died on that cross, you know what happened? He now has given every human being an opportunity to embrace eternal life, to embrace salvation, to embrace a future of bliss. But you know something God never took from man? Willpower. Hallelujah. Willpower. Willpower. So some men chose and said, I want to go to hell and God will protect your, cho- your choice. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Are we together? 
one of the things it means when the Bible says man was made in the image and likeness of God is that just as God is concerning making a choice, he gave man the ability to make his choices. Amen. All God will do is to show you the right way. Glory to God. And I believe that this year, you will make those right choices. You will exercise your willpower that in a way that will benefit you. Glory to God. In a way that lines up with God's plan for you. God's plan for man does not happen on its own. God's plan for man was designed to happen with man's participation. Are you hearing me? God's plan for us was meant to happen with our participation. Never forget that. And so, when people say, God is sovereign, I will tell you the extent of his sovereignty. And I will explain it to you in a very simple way. I've said it several times, for the benefit of those of you just coming for the first time today. God's sovereignty is that, number one, God did not consult with you about what city or country or nation you'll be born into. Amen. Is there anybody here that had a meeting with God? And he said, well, 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 I want to come out. Well, when you are sending me, um, make sure I come from somewhere uh, in, in the east, you know. Is there anybody like that? No. You just found out that you were born to a Yoruba family. You were born to an Igbo family. You were born to a Fulani family. Are you understanding me? You were just found out you were born. You didn't choose that. God didn't consult with you. He worked that according to the good pleasure of his own will. That's God's sovereignty. Secondly, you didn't choose which parents will give birth to you. Praise God. I know some of you, when I look at your faces, you will not have chosen your own parents. <laughs> Amen. But there's nothing you can do about it. Glory to God. You know, there are some people that look at their father and look at their mother and say, ah, why this road? Amen. Glory to God. And that's why, you know, salvation gives every human being an opportunity to be born a second time. To be born again. Hallelujah. So if you don't like how you were born before, be born again. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me? Now, the point here is that God did not consult with you about what parents or what family you come out from. He also did not consult with you about your gender. I know there are some ladies that would have loved to be men. Am I right? <laughs> yes, there are some ladies that would like to be men. I don't know about a man that would like to be a lady. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but I know there are some ladies that would like to be men. But God did not ask you about what gender you would choose. He didn't say, well, would you like to be male or female? You were just born male. You were just born female. That's God's sovereignty. Amen. But from the moment you were born into this world, human decisions started affecting the circumstances of your life. The decision of your parents, the decision of your uncles, your aunties, your neighbors, all those decisions began to shape your life. Some were not good decisions. Some were, well, were good, some were not good. But you know something? What salvation does and what the Spirit of God does in the life of a man is that at a point in his life, God begins to open his eyes to make godly decisions. Decisions that have eternal value. Amen. Decisions that transcend today. 
They are not about just meeting your immediate needs. For example, the decision on the kind of friends to have. Hallelujah. Where you decide that, hey, this year, I want to benefit from the gift of friendship. Friendship is not something man created. Listen to me. Friendship did not originate from man. Even God has a friend. Amen. God called Abraham. If you read James 2 verse 23, he called Abraham. Abraham was called the friend of God. If God needed a friend, I don't know about you. Amen. Look, I never say you need a friend. You know there's somebody that says something like, I don't know. I just, I, I just face my, face my life. I don't need any friend in this life. <laughs> the God that created you in his image and likeness needed a friend. Amen. And he had a friend. Amen. Abraham was called a friend of God. Hallelujah. A friend of God. God said, is there anything I would do that I will not tell him? Glory to God. So, God said, come, 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 come. Let me tell you what's happening. I was going down. Hallelujah. Abraham was God's friend. If you see in the relationship God had with Adam in the garden, it was a relationship, a friendly relationship. Amen. Are we together? You know, religion, religion, you know, religion will always spoil the original plan of God. God didn't bring religion to this world. God brought a relationship between himself and mankind, which is higher, superior, and more enriching than any religion. Amen. Religion is about do's and don'ts. God didn't come to tell us do's and don'ts. He came to be a father to us. Amen. And for us to be children to him. Now, if you see in Adam's case, in the garden, you find that Abraham, I'm sorry, Adam and God had a relationship. And I loved the kind of relationship. God knew that Adam was supposed to be busy. God had given him a job. That he should dress the garden and keep it. So God doesn't come during break. God doesn't come in the morning hours. He comes after work in the cool of the day. Amen. What a friend. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? That's a true friend. He comes in the cool of the day after work. And then he hangs out with Adam. Praise God. If you hear the scripture, the Bible says, and Adam heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In the cool of the day. That it talked like it was a regular practice. God used to just show up and they stroll around and say, well, you know what I had in mind when I was creating that, that river? Actually, I said, wow, what did you have on, mind, in your, on your mind? And then he would share with him. How did man know about creation? No man was there when God created. It was through friendship God was telling them what he did. And man had revelation of what happened even before man was created. Amen. If God needed a friend, my brother, you need a friend. Amen. My sister, you need a friend. Glory to God. And so, today, I want to open your eyes to the gift of friendship. That friendship is a blessing. Glory to God. Friendship is a blessing. Now, um, and I, I was trying to point out something. God had a friend. That means God needed a friend. Hallelujah. If he didn't need a friend, then he wouldn't have a friend. But he had a friend in Abraham. Glory to God. And if you see the kind of relationship he had with patriarchs before the new covenant, even before the new covenant, people like Enoch, the Bible said, and Enoch walked with God. Hallelujah. They had a relationship. They had a relationship. They knew that that one, leave him, he's God's friend. Amen. He's God's friend. He's God's man. If God desired that kind of fellowship with man, then it means that there's something in man that also desires fellowship with another man. Hallelujah. Are we together? Are we together? Alright, so what God will do with you and for you this year is to guide you such that you will benefit from friendships. Amen. 
So we'll go back to my scripture in Proverbs 13 verse 20. Amen. He says, he that walketh with wise men, what will happen to him? Shall be wise. I want to ask you, who are you walking with? Amen. Who are you walking with? A wise man is not the one that knows who is going to beat Arsenal next match. Amen. That's not what I mean by a wise man. Amen. It's not the one that knows the next step that that team is going to take to move to their next level. No. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hallelujah. Alright? It's the beginning of wisdom. That means that you can't start counting wisdom when a man doesn't have reverence for God. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? So he that walketh with a wise man or with wise men is the one that walks with men that have reverence for God. Hallelujah. They have reverence for the things of God. He says, that man also shall be wise. Then he said, a companion of fools. This year, I beg you in the name of Jesus, disengage the company of fools. Amen. Are we together? Disengage them. Unfriend them. Amen. On social media. Unfriend them. You know, there are some people that always drag you backward. Permit me just say this to you. Friendship is such that what friendship brings to you, you know, can be good and it can be bad. So what the Spirit of God helps us do is to make the right decisions about the friends we have. Hallelujah. You have four kinds of friends that you will meet in this life. You have friends that will add to you. Let me say friends that add to me. And I have some friends here that have added to me. Amen. You have friends that will add to you. You have friends that will subtract from you. Is there any subtracting friend here? You also don't be that kind of friend. Then you have friends that will divide you. They will leave you half of what you wear. <laughs> Amen. But you have friends that will multiply you. Are we together? That will multiply you. Then you now understand the scripture that says, one shall chase a thousand. Two shall chase ten thousand. Wow, no, no, no. The calculation is not correct. If one will chase a thousand, two should chase two thousand. Say, no, no, no. These two, when they come together, they won't chase two thousand. They will chase ten thousand. Hallelujah. Why? That friend is a multiplier. This year, I bless you in the name of Jesus. That the Spirit of God will lead you to multipliers. Friends that will multiply you in the name of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? That multiply you. That multiply you. I'd like to read a scripture to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. We'll read from verse 8. Message translation, please. From verse 8 to 12. I just want to show you the power of friendship. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8 through to 12. It says, a solitary person. Listen, hey, hey, hey. Look at me before you look at the scripture. See. God said, it is not good for man to be alone. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Did you see that? After creating man, when he looked at him, he said, no, no, no. Solo is not good. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? So if God thought it wise, that it is not good for a man to be alone, 
Then it means that there is something a partner, a friend, a companion can bring into your life. Are you listening to me? I don't want to forget this. People or friends can be doors. Are you listening to me? Not all. Some friends can be doors. Then you'll find that to fulfill destiny, the things you need on your path, they are not all in your hand. Some are in other people's lives. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's just that way. Let's read the scripture. So don't be alone. Amen. A solitary person, completely alone, <laughs> no children, no family, no friends, yet walking obsessively late into the night. It's like we're describing somebody here. Just watch now. Compulsive, <laughs> compulsively greedy for more and more and never bothering to ask, why am I walking like a dog? Never having any fun. And who cares? More smoke, a bad business. Verse 9. It is better to have a partner than to go it alone. Share the work. Share the wealth. Next verse. If one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Verse 11. Two in a bed warm each other. Husband and wife. Alone you shiver all night. Amen. This is Adam and Eve. Not Adam and Steve. And not Adama and Eve. (laughs) Verse 12. (laughs) Alright. It says, by yourself you are unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. He's saying, if you can even make it three, amen. Are we together? That's the power of friendship. Glory to God. Go back to verse 10. I just want to show you something. If one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, tough. Amen. This year, let me explain something to you. There are some of you here that have had bad friendships. And then you resolve, I will never ever have a friend again. That's an extreme. Amen. No, 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 no. You should never not have friends. But trust God to lead you to the right friends. Amen. And then you will enjoy the gift of friendship. The multiplying effects friendship brings into a man's life. Do you know that even Jesus had friends? Alright, well, we know about the closest friends he has with, he had with the disciples. In John 15th chapter, 13, 13, verse 13 or 14, he was talking about, he was talking to his disciples and he said, no greater love than this shall a man have than a man to lay down his life for his friends. Then he said, I have called you friends. Amen. He said, I've called you friends. You're not servants. I've called you friends. So Jesus related to his disciples as friends. But we also saw Jesus had some powerful friends. There was a man called Joseph the Arimathea. 
We didn't even know the man was the friend of Jesus until after Jesus had died. Glory to God. We didn't know he was a friend of Jesus. The man had influence in government, in government quarters. Alright? So they took, listen, the friends that Jesus had helped for destiny to be fulfilled. Helped for the scripture concerning him to be fulfilled. For what was written in the volume of the book to be fulfilled. Are we together? Now remember that the the body of Jesus, after they put him on the cross, there was no plan for it. Maybe they would just left the body to rot. Are you with me? But that body had to resurrect. Joseph the Arimathea went to Pilate. You don't just walk to the governor if you don't have access. Amen. The Bible says he was a disciple of Jesus. Amen. And he came and asked, please, can I have the body of Jesus Christ? And the for the governor not to be able to resist him, it means he was a man of influence. This year, God will give you Josephs of Arimathea. In the name of Jesus Christ. Men that have access to places that you might not have access to. Are we together? And so that's what happened. And then the man came out. Now, look at, Jesus had other friends who, he had fisherman friends. Are you understanding me? He had four or nine friends. All of them could not help him. (laughs) <laughs> when he came to that level, he had friends that would fight for him that would cut someone's ear off. But he needed a friend that would put a phone call through to the president. He needed a friend that would send an email and the agency will respond. Are we together? Because some of your friends, listen to me. I found out something. Every human being has a gate that he has key to. Has a door he has his own key to. I found out that. I've seen even things happen where someone you didn't expect to be able to help you helps you at the last minute. Are we together? I remember our, our pastor in Yenegua Church was sharing this testimony. They were looking for a new venue for the second church they wanted to start in Biosa. And um, they had gone to one place they saw. They loved the place. But for whatever reason, they've not been able to see the owner of the place to even talk with him, you know, and ask, make, make a request, say how much you're going to pay and start negotiations and all that. So one of the days they went there and finally met the man. And it didn't look like he was going to really respond to them favorably. He said, I'm going to talk to my caretaker. Um, whatever my caretaker says. The, when the boss tells you, go and talk to my caretaker. Whatever the caretaker. You know, caretaker, security men, some people, you know. When you tell them they have power, <laughs> they exercise very well. Are you understanding me? Have you seen where a security man say you will not see your guard today? <laughs> you understand? He is more brutal than a Supreme Court judge. Are you understanding me? He say you will not see your guard today. Is as this is my station. <laughs> Glory to God. Then you will know that he has power too. Are you that mean? Or have you been to an office where the secretary just decides that you will not enter this office? <laughs> Glory to God. Are we together? You will not enter this office today. So that was the kind of situation. The boss said, Go and meet my caretaker. Whatever he tells you, I would um no problem. So they said looking for the caretaker. When they met the caretaker, 
Lo and behold, the caretaker was a young man that was living close to where they were before, or where the, the former house, and used to help them. He was what? He was a security. Yeah, he was a security guard in the former house. Now he was caretaker over a property. And then he said, the pastor was telling me, he said that, for, he can't explain why. He was always good to the guy. His wife, himself, they were always good to the guy. Always nice to the guy. As you live here today, you will make friendships that you will need 10 years from now. You will need 5 years from now. Now, did they know that that security guard will one day hold the key to the venue they need? It will, they will never have crossed their mind. So when the caretaker met them, say, ah, ah, you people, what? Say, don't worry, you have the place already. Don't worry, you have the place already. He said, how much do you want to pay? Tell me, I will tell the boss, this is the amount you have to pay. And as I got the venue, not by the boss, by someone else. Hallelujah. They had been good too. Hallelujah. That's the power. See, that's the gift of friendship. It means that there's something friendship can deliver to you that's beyond what you can imagine. And so you never judge, as we say, a book by its cover. Don't judge men by what they wore. The car they drove. Or the kind of phone they use. Are we together? Follow that leading in your spirit. In your relationship with people. And you will see God do amazing things beyond your imagination. Glory to God. Alright? So I've, I've seen, I've, I've benefited from things like that. Where people I didn't expect could help me. Suddenly became my helpers. I, sh- I will share this testimony about how when we were in the university, either the first or second year in school, you know, one night I was going to read. I don't know, sorry. Pray. I go to pray more than I read. Amen. So, sorry. I didn't mean it that way. So I was going to pray. Amen. And on my way to pray, at night, and I met a group of young men um, under a bulb, you know, and they were with a keyboard and doing like, they were with a keyboard. I didn't know what they were doing at first. And that's a lonely, dark place, you know. They shouldn't be there at that time. If you are going there, you're either going to pray or you are going to, for cultism. Are you understanding me? You shouldn't be there at that time. You have to be doing something spiritual to be that way. On my way, I met them and I asked what they were doing. From there we met. And I invited them to come and minister in our fellowship then on campus. They came. I didn't even know it was any big deal for them. You know, I just said, what, what I was looking at was that they had a keyboard. I asked, are you the one that keeps the key, this keyboard? He said, yes. I said, bring it. I have a program. Bring it so I won't have to hire a keyboard. You know? And you can play it, say yes, I say bring it. So he came. And now those guys, I was either in year one or two, I think they were already like about to leave school or so at that time. So they came and ministered. I didn't know they were forming a music group. And I was the first person to invite them. Amen. I didn't know that. I got to hear that years later. Then we finished school. Years passed. One of the years, I was going to the UK and we're trying to set up something in the UK. 
And then someone told someone that told someone that I was coming. And then this friend, I've not even been in touch with him. He heard. And through social media, he reached out to me. I said, I heard you're coming to the UK. I said, yeah. He said, is there any way I can help? I said, I don't, I, I, I don't know. You know. He said, can I know the date you're coming? And I sent him a message about the date. He asked what airline I was coming with, blah, blah, blah. What happened was that when I arrived in the UK, the first person that welcomed me, not physically, sent me a message. He was the one. He was in Newcastle. I was in London. And then he would send a message and say, Pastor, you're welcome to uh, the UK. Then we had our first program in the UK, 2009. That would have been nine years ago now. 2009. And then we were preparing, get, trying to get a place, this, that, 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 that. I didn't have a team, you know, musicians and all that, and all that, and all that. So he heard about it. He sent us equipment and sent us someone. Now, in those years, the man was more, I didn't, we were not seen. He's in Newcastle. I'm in London. He was more helpful to me than people that I was see, I, I see every time. Are you understanding me? He's somewhere else. Anything I need, he will send it. He was more helpful to me than people that were with me. So I didn't know why he was doing all this. But you know what? It was friendship from years back. Until he shared with somebody and said, that man was the first man to ever give me a platform, a man, to start my music ministry. So I was like, wow. He sent that 2009, we had a program, and uh, we used one facility like that, beautiful place. And they came and set up for us, you know. I've never seen those kind of equipment in my life at that time. You understand? Everything was just like in a box. Just bring it out, mount it like that. Just mount, mount. I said, wow, wow. I don't even have this one back in Nigeria. You understand? And they set it up for us. Then um, they played. The, the, the guy that brought the things, you know, sang. I, I ministered. Then we closed. So I was, um, one of our sisters, I don't know if she's here in the service now, she was doing her master's that period in the UK. So she was the one doing the financials and all that. I said, hey, hey, we're going to give this guy money, all right? We're going to give this guy money. How much do they charge here? I, I didn't know. How much should we give him, you know, and all that. And so they were saying this amount. That, There's a guy we call street guy. You know, let's put down the streets. Permit me to just digress and tell this story well. A guy on the streets. You know those guys in, uh, that stay uh, on the underground? underground station and play either the guitar or just sing some wonderful voices. So I came up with an idea. I said, ah, these guys should invite them to give them an opportunity to sing. So there's one that they'll just be giving a, a, a pens and, a, you know, coins and all that. I, I sent someone to talk to him. I said, want to, will you like to sing where people are? He said, wow, that'll be an opportunity. All right, come, we'll give you an opportunity to sing. Only for him to call us later and say that uh, we should pay him 150 pounds. I say, see your head. She should be sitting down there in your lifetime and somebody giving you 150 pounds. I understand him. So now, <laughs> that's someone that we wanted to help. Now, this guy that came to set up for us is a professional. Are you understanding me? So I'm like, what are we going to give him? Well, how much can we give him? You know, so we're contemplating of that, that. So she put some money together. As we finished the program, I was just greeting people, you know, just greeting people. The guy just packed up and started running. I didn't understand what happened. I thought there was a problem. So, we saw him running. He had first carried the first things and all. Then he started running. 
So I'm like, where is he going? What happened? When I said, hey, hold on, hold on. We, he entered his car. We started chasing him. Wait, wait, wait. He drove off. I was confused. <laughs> you said, ah, he was blessed. Now he's running. I don't understand. So I, I, we started calling him on phone. He didn't pick until some hours or so later. When he finally picked, he said, the brother that sent me said he will kill me if I collect money from you. <laughs> what a friend. Amen. So he was running and refused to collect money. I didn't even know how big the guy that came was. I didn't know. I had come back to Nigeria two or so years later. I was one day just flipping through channels and I went on to, what's that gospel channel now? The one that, one gospel so one of them, you know, I just put it on and I just saw the guy singing. And they were not telling me, I released this uh, chart, he's on this chart. I said, this is the guy that came for our meeting. I didn't know he was this big. Amen. Men are doors. Amen. Men are doors. Men are doors. Never forget that. And this year, you will enjoy that benefit in the name of Jesus. And why I'm talking about this is to awaken your heart, to bring you to that place. Where you will have people that are really, really friends. Amen. Glory to God. All the qualities that make someone a friend, you will see it in that person. And much more. You will know that that friendship is a gift from God to you. Are we together? But I found out something. That what helps us to enjoy that gift of friendship is when we acquaint ourselves with the friend of friends. Amen. In Proverbs chapter 18, I'd like to read one verse of scripture. Verse 24. That'll be my last verse. Is this helping anybody? Is it helping you? Um... Let's read together. I want to go. A man that had friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, um, different translations have different interpretations of the first part of the verse. Alright? So, how it looks in King James is not how it actually means. But the last part of it is consistent with all translations. So, I want to focus on that last part. The part B, after the colon. Right? He says, and there is a friend. Let me say, and there's a friend. Let's read that part together. I want to go. One more time. Read it again. Now, no, there are some statements in the Bible. It might even be in the Old Testament. But they are prophetic. Hallelujah. That means they mean more than how it sounds. He said, there are many friends. But there is a friend. Hallelujah. That's tickets closer than a brother. Now, you know what? You've heard the statement that blood is thicker than water. How many of you have heard that? No, talking about blood relationships. When he mentions brother, he's talking about someone that is united with you or bound by blood. Your blood. Now he's saying that there is a friend, hallelujah, that has a higher bond, a stronger bond. Than the bond you can have with a physical brother. Hallelujah. But he still calls himself a friend. Hallelujah. 
Now, we know that there is no bond superior to a blood bond. Are you with me? Are we together? There's no bond on the face of the earth superior to a blood bond. Except a superior blood bond. Amen. Are you with me? A higher, a stronger blood. A superior blood. A blood with a higher quality. And the Bible tells us about that blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ is not human blood. If you check the blood group or genotype, you will not see A, O, or B or something. Are you understanding me? You just see Zoe inside. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. God shed his own blood for all of mankind. Then he's telling you that there's a friend that has a bond that is superior to the bond you have with your brother. There's only one person that falls into that category. One friend. And I want to introduce you to that friend. Because that friend has the key to the hearts of all the other friends you want to meet. His first name is Emmanuel. I will say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You don't know Emmanuel? Amen. Emmanuel. Amen. That's his first name. But many don't know him as Emmanuel. Glory to God. They don't know him as Emmanuel. But Emmanuel is his name. You know what Emmanuel means? It actually means God in our midst. God that is no more far, but is now close to us and has befriended us. Amen. That's what Emmanuel means. May Emmanuel show up for you. May you experience the friendship of Emmanuel this year. Glory to God. Well, some other people know him as the man of Galilee. Amen. That man of Galilee. And then some others know him as Jesus of Nazareth. And some others know him as Jesus Christ. The word that became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. His only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Today there's a beckoning on you. Amen. He's calling on you. He wants you to accept his friendship. Amen. I know and there are some ladies here that people have asked you out. Jesus is asking you out today. Amen. And there are some guys that girls have asked them out. Jesus is asking you out today. I want to invite you to be friends to that friend that stick it closer to a brother than a brother. Then at the same time, I want to make you conscious, for those of you that have already made him your friend, to make you conscious that that friendship is the friendship that unlocks other friendships. That friendship, the Bible says that when a man's way pleased the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. God turns the heart of man. It means that he can make someone to be favorably disposed to you. Are we together? Some of you as you are living here, 
There are some people you know that they are supposed to be your friends. But I want to say something to you. The friend of friends will touch them. Amen. You know, Jesus was called a friend of sinners. You know why? They said he was a friend of publicans and sinners. One day they saw Jesus in the house of a senator. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Zacchaeus. Yes, something like that. You know, in our own type, this is Zacchaeus. is like a senator. You know, the, you know, in the day they lived in, the politicians they don't trust. Amen. <laughs> they are chopping our money. Then Jesus just comes to visit him. Jesus joined APC. <laughs> I just said, well, what's Jesus doing in his house? <laughs> and Zacchaeus was running up and down. I believe I was taller than Zacchaeus. Amen. And then, <laughs> Jesus said, today is salvation come to your house. I don't think you're worse than Zacchaeus. Amen. Zacchaeus had used local government money to build a house in his village. But Jesus still came to his house. He called himself a friend of sinners. Because when he becomes their friend, they will no more remain sinners. His friendship influences sinners and makes them saints. Today, it won't be any different. There are two things we're going to do today. First, I'm going to pray for those that will accept the friendship of Jesus. If you want to make 2018 different, you will change your friends. Amen. You will recognize the gift of friendship and allow the Spirit of God lead you. Bow your heads for a moment. We're just going to do this quietly. You want me to pray with you today to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It means that you are welcoming the friendship of Jesus in your life. You have heard about Jesus. You, you like him. So, but you cannot really say he's your friend. Amen. You can't really say he's your friend. I know him somehow, somehow. But today you want to make a decision to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I will pray with you today. I'm talking to you. I also had to make that decision one day to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for myself. Nobody was born that way. Everybody made that decision at one point or the other. Let me help you. Let me pray with you. As you're seated there, just lift your right hand up. You want me to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Just lift your hand above your head and I'll pray the salvation. I see that hand. God bless you. I see that hand. God bless you. You want me to pray that prayer of salvation with you? You are here. You are saying, I want to take that step this year to make 2018 different and make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I see that hand. God bless you. Now, while your hand is up, pray this prayer with me from the depths of your heart. Say with me, Lord Jesus I believe you died for my sins. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I confess that you are the Lord of my life from this day henceforth. I also believe in my heart 
that you were raised from the dead. My sins are forgiven. I receive forgiveness of sins. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer, they're going to give you a card. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of it.